This week on Next in Marketing, I spoke with Kelly Abkarian, EVP of Measurement and Impact at NBC Universal Media, and Travis Scholes, SVP of Advanced Advertising at Paramount, about the future of advanced TV advertising and currency. Kelly and Travis debated whether TV should take a more outcomes-based approach to measurement, how brands should factor in creative effectiveness when buying media, and why they'd like to see more collaboration on the agency side. Let's get started. Everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Next in Marketing. I have two guests this week. Very special episode. Kelly Abkarian, she's the EVP of Measurement and Impact at NBC Universal Media, and Travis Scholes, SVP of Advanced Advertising at Paramount and also uh, the best, re- best Dressed Man at Can 2022. Hey guys, thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. This seems like a terrible mistake on your part to have two blood rivals here together. I'm, I'm expecting fireworks, I hope you know. I'm, I'm assuming your comps people have made a terrible mistake, but let's see how this goes. L- Kelly, let's start with you. I'll give you the, the big uh, sweeping unfair question. We, we, were, um, we, were all, we were all at the same open AP event in Cannes a few weeks back talking about all these big conversations about currency and the future of television, advanced advertising. And uh, one thing that struck me, one of the moderators, Joanne O'Connell from Forrester, who's, a, who's got a digital background, was sort of playing devil's advocate. And she's kind of saying like, why are you guys so hung up on this? Like, aren't brands going to eventually just going to calculate their own ROI? So that's a big question about like, what, how do we articulate the importance of this currency Discussion, debate, push—how we how we want to frame it. That why why it's so important if we're going to, towards a world that's going to be more about accountability and outcomes eventually. Yeah, great question, Mike. You know, I think we so strongly believe in the quality and power of our content, and that future itself is anchored in value-based metrics. And so our emphasis is really on ensuring that we can start to build the infrastructure that can help us you know, really scale with that and the collective benefits and learnings for the ecosystem and for our clients. But I think, you know, if you take a step back today, digital players don't have to pay a high priced single currency to prove their value. Instead, they push their investments down the funnel and offer more optionality because they pay less than 10% of the top to measure and count the eyeballs. And that is why money is starting to leave TV towards digital because they can prove the value and the rest of us will never get there if we can't get better measurement in place. And we recognize that in order to do that, we needed to focus on our data interoperability strategy and to really create an ecosystem that can enable us the level of measurement with privacy safe controls over our consumer data. So what I would say is for that digital devil advocate, I believe it's important to ask one specific question and really dig into the details. What are the inputs being used in third-party measurement for the walled gardens? Is it truly independent? Or is that pin being held by the walled gardens while the teacher is grading the results? Okay, Kelly, let me just make sure I understood what you're referring to there. I, I, I get where you're coming from and that often the walled gardens will just kind of tell, tell advertisers this is how many how many people you reach. This is how successful the campaign runs, and it wasn't. It's not based on third party information, but I mean, do you are you when you say that they 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 don't pay the same way that you guys do? Like, do you literally mean like they don't spend all the money on research that you that NBCU will spend on Nielsen or Comscore? 
Yeah, look, we have a 90-10 problem. The networks are paying 90% of our investment on measurement to counting, leaving us 10% in which to uh, really uh, measure the outcomes across the funnel. And when you look at the digital walled gardens, it's quite the opposite. They're paying often 10% at the top, leaving them 90% of their measurement investment in which to bring valuable metrics back to advertisers. I haven't heard it framed that way, but that's interesting that they can, it's, it's not only that they have like so much better data identity or than you guys, it's, it's like, it's literally, they can have invest more resources on, on the, on the, on the bottom of the funnel. That's right. Travis, I want to, I want to come back, get you into the conversation here. One of the things that struck me at, our, at the, at the open AP event in Cannes was the, um, there seemed to be a, among the buyers there, at least some grumbling that maybe the, they, there was a wish that brands were a little bit more engaged or that. Are they totally tuned into the importance of these debates and conversations? Is that something that you're you're seeing on your end? That you wish that you could get brands more into this stuff? You know, honestly, I think a lot of what we're hearing is originated by the brands. A lot of the demand for the new currency applications is starting brand side first and, and trickling down. Um, when we look at a lot of the players that are emerging in the space, the video amps, the iSpots of the world, they're coming into this with entrenched direct advertiser relationships where they're measuring things like ROI, they're, they're measuring all these different metrics, and they're allowing brands to merge first party data into these measurement sets and, and do a lot of cool things. Um, and I think brands have been doing this for, for quite some time. What we're seeing now, right, is that starting to trickle down into the transactional element of this. If before brands were using these types of data and these types of services to drive their strategy for it, to drive their planning, their audience-based things, there was this weird thing where they would have this, this wonderful media strategy, they'd go to their agency, and then all the transaction would then occur on like people 18 to 49 for Nielsen, which is not the same data set that they were using to do any of their planning, not the same data set they're going to use to measure how effective their media campaigns are going. But it is now the sort of data set that we're transacting on. So there was a disconnect that's been there for a long time that they're just kind of puzzled by. Like, what, why are we doing this? Absolutely. And I, and I mean, I think you hear this a lot from folks and, and from buyers where they come through. And, and we know that brands are using sophisticated marketing strategies. They're, they understand consumer profiles. They know who they're going after. And they give us their instruction in broad term strategies. And, and then we execute a media buy against that. I think what a lot of the new currency providers and kind of the uptick of their adoption in the industry is doing is allowing more consistency between the buyer and the seller transaction that aligns with the ultimate brand brand strategy. Look, of course, this isn't a, like a blanket thing. Every brand is different. Everyone employs different techniques and different tactics. Um, but I think that the thing that we I think is most exciting about these new currency applications is for the first time, we're starting to see consistency in application of data and strategy all the way from the origination point at the brand to the very end measurement piece. And, and there's never kind of like a proxy in that process, which is really increasing the, the efficacy of the campaign. Right, there was a lot of discussion at the event in Cannes about that this is gonna potentially just reset the value of media, which is kind of hard to imagine that that, that needs to happen in television at 67 years old, but that's, that's it's, it's gonna, it feels like we're going to a place where everything you, every. Every ad opportunity is going to be, you know, sort of reevaluated, which is which is kind of wild. It's it's kind of nutty to think about it, but I remember when I first started working in advertising. You know, you generally assume that when people buy ads, they're targeted at who's actually going to buy that product, right? If you're going to, you know, put ads for a new car on TV, 
you're looking at folks that want to buy cars. But that's not really how it works, right? What it, what it is is folks have this idea that they want to get car buyers, their ads in front of car buyers, but instead they're buying people 18 to 49. And it ends up people that are 50 plus buy cars. And a lot of people that are 35 don't. And it's just this weird like proxy buy that we've developed this entire ecosystem of measurement around, looking at GRPs as the single metric and looking at, you know, those types of, of metrics is the only thing we're really measuring, regardless of what the category is, by the way. So, yeah. you know, your $2 cheeseburger, your $100,000 car, same measure, same measurement, same transactional structure. Um, and when you really kind of take a step back, it's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And yeah. now, and, and we're, we're an industry that loves our precedents, the way we've always done things for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, and now what I think you're seeing is, is like a step back from that notion and, and folks saying, well, with these like bigger expansive data sets and kind of the tools and methodologies that these new these new folks are, are putting into the market, we don't have to do that kind of proxy buy and that type of proxy transaction anymore. We understand how pricing translation works. We understand how all these campaigns work. Um, so what we can do is we can become closer and closer to actually activating against what we really want to activate against, which is the people that are going to buy our products, minimize waste, drive overall, you know, return on ad spend or return on investment. All right. That all sounds great. Kelly, let's throw another wrinkle into this. What about there's a, there's also, aside from these new ways of counting and trying to reevaluate the, what, what, how media should be priced and, 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 um, judged there's a new there's a new wave of companies that are trying to push attention metrics which seemingly again makes sense should be like why would why would we not want to count that but i wonder if that's going to make things all the more complicated in this in the middle of this currency discussion what's going on there if you can uh, shed some light you know that's why at can we announced a need to evaluate emotion and look at that as a core measurement category for certification and we made a real call to action to the measurement companies across both emotion and impact so that we can evaluate if we can collectively build a scalable model for creative testing that not only evaluates you know, the pre-market testing that a lot of creative agencies do day in and day out, but really seeks to illustrate the contribution of how the creative drives in-market performance. In other words, you know, what is that correlation between the creative choices, the media placements that advertisers make and their ability to generate business outcomes. So our ambition is really to operationalize a system of creative testing and measurement solutions that can scale impact measurement to be accessible to our entire client roster. So so that, I, I, you might not be able to answer this, but that would be more about picking creative ahead of time or mid campaign, it would be, it, you, it would be less about a media currency than a, than a way to figure out what ads to run. Not necessarily. I think, you know, we're just really focused on, you know, what we can control in terms of, you know, opportunity to see and the tune in and what we can't control, which is the creative and the messaging. And then the, you know, downstream around how that correlates to driving business outcomes. Right. So it's about how can we collectively understand the role that creative plays in helping to drive in-market performance. And as we all are on this journey to impact, how do we start to bring that understanding in if we're going to look to transact on outcomes as a currency? Right. The, speaking of the journey we're on, Travis, the, um, the one, another point that came up a bunch in Can was this idea that 
from the top when the, the tools that that brands use either their marketing mix models or the some of the planning tools that agencies use to figure out how to allocate dollars uh, several people call them really dated or not like not ready for this advanced TV world which could be throwing off how much money is going towards this and what what brands are, are doing using it for what do you is do you see that and what do we do about it so I mean I think there's two there's two core challenges really to the legacy attribution models, MMM models, you know, whatever whatever you want to use to figure out how you're going to do and, you know, plan and apply. One, a lot of them are very anchored to the notion of the, the Nielsen GRP, which there's a lot of reasons to not do that. I think we I've already touched on a few of those, but look, here's another very big one. In what, two years when Nielsen 1 is out, the GRP is not going to be a standard tra- transactional metric. Right. So all of those tools and platforms beyond just being kind of dated from from a technology and methodology standpoint, now will be dated from a data standpoint and and will continue to lose more and more utility. At the end of the day, like a lot of those things are generally proxy based, right? Like all of these notions that we're talking about are how can we continue to create more and more proxies to understand what is the impact on an advertisers like in sales they were built from a time when that was the best you could do, project off of a, of a something smaller or something that was a little bit, a little bit of educated guesswork. Right. It's the, same, it's the same thing we're talking about as we look at the new currency movement, right? For a very long time, we did the best that we could of what we had, but there's, there's new things out there and we can mm-hmm. continue to move forward. Um, and, I, and I do believe, right, we're going to continue to move away from these proxy-based measurement systems, which is actually one of the reasons I think I, I disagree with some of the things that Kelly just said, right? Um, right. I don't think I don't think that publishers should right or or should want to guarantee on outcomes. There are too many things that are out of our control. The creative impact that Kelly's mentioning is certainly one of them. Um, but there's a lot of other market impacts and things like that. Our job is to create content to bring an audience to the screen to consume that advertising, and then if everybody else has done their job right, go out and, and buy those products. And that's what ultimately what we will continue to own. Um, injecting more proxy metrics to try to understand how well an advertising campaign and all of those other exogenous factors, creative marketplace conditions, et cetera, generate conversion from advertising to purchase is just like, it's a slippery slope down this world where eventually, you know, folks are going to ask publishers, Hey, well, can you guarantee on things that are outside of your control? And that's, that's totally counter our interest. Um, by the way, Right. If I was a buyer or a marketer, I would also not want to be held to to standards that are sort of outside of my control. Um, So I think that's 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 a large part of it. Where I do think we're heading, and this is where we're going to have to do about MMM and all of the other different types of attribution models. I think we're heading to a world where one, there's a significantly more sophisticated measurement data set that, especially on TV, is going to be approaching approaching census level, probably mm-hmm. won't ever get there, but significantly closer than a panel-based solution. Two, we're seeing more and more direct applications of first-party data um, that advertisers have across platforms, both inside of their own walls and our walls. I mean, this is when we're talking about the consistency argument, right? right. And I think that that's really gonna be the direction that we have to evolve is to understand, look, who are we trying to, to serve? with a lot of these models, right? We're trying to help advertisers maximize the return on ad spend that they are they are receiving. Um, everybody has a part to play in that ecosystem. Publishers do, buyers do, advertisers do. 
I think we're going to end up seeing a world where a new set of tools will crop up mm-hmm. that take advantage of, for instance, like the wide availability of large first party data that didn't exist 10 years ago. Right. That takes advantage of the, the large data sets for measurement that you can apply that data to and track things more longitudinally. That takes advantage of all of the advancements we've made in, in the space of making these, these data applications privacy safe. Um, and there will be kind of a new evolution, I believe, of those tool sets that instead of using proxy metrics, GRPs, relative weights, attention, things like that, it will just be saying, here's what, here's, we can bake more and more of these things into the process for right. an advertiser. Right. Here's what will maximize your return on ad spend. And here's how you can keep that strategy that you've developed to maximize that as consistent as possible from your agency, which is gonna go out and buy against that strategy to the publisher, which is gonna go out and activate against that strategy, to the measurement partner, which is gonna measure against the, the, the outcome to see if you were right, mm-hmm. and close that entire loop. Kelly, I wanna make sure you get a chance to jump back in on that topic, because it, it's interesting. This came up a few times, again, it can, with this, some, some advertisers that come up through digital totally want TV to be able to, to track out, outcomes and buy that way. Others several times expressed the idea that that's kind of dangerous and we shouldn't go there. It's going to depend on what kind of outcomes you mean, whether it's like getting somebody to do a search versus buy a Mercedes. I think, you know, like, Kelly, what do you think of this path towards buying and evaluating television on outcomes, whether it's a dangerous thing, something to, to do cautiously or, or something else? Yeah, look, I don't disagree with uh, Travis. Actually, you know, the reason why we want to pursue um, better understanding the role creative has is to bring better metrics to the table to help our advertisers understand the challenge that it that truly is to try to execute on an outcome guarantee. You know, we um, we want to prove our value of our premium content, and we've provided a lot of metrics to demonstrate that over the years. And you know, we just cannot ignore, like like Travis is saying, that measurement today is broken. It's based on proxies, and we have an ability to measure exactness now. And the counting side has to be right if you're going to start to understand the impact and outcome side. So I think, Mike, what you were really hearing is that until we solve the counting problem, you know, we can't be just jumping to evaluating outcomes and impact. Right. Every, and, that, that If the first data piece is wrong, everything else is going to be wrong, sort of. Yeah, and I think as I you know mentioned earlier, the impact creative has on the outcomes is still not fully understood. And sure. as publishers, like Travis mentioned, we can control less than two thirds, maybe even even greater than that, of the engagement that results from the advertising message. And you know, we control, as I said, the ability to tune in, to build the right audience, and the opportunity to place the ad at the right moment with the right context and the right great storytelling that surrounds it but we don't control the effectiveness of creative, the pricing of the product as, as Travis mentioned. And look, when we brought iSpot forward, they were unique in their ability to bring forward true ad verification as we move away from these program proxy-based measurement to true exact ad measurement. And we believe that trust and verification of the ad delivery, whether it's looking at ad completes, ad interruption rates, ad share of voice, You know, all of these metrics that truly get unlocked when you actually measure the ads, the thing that the advertiser cares about the most, their ads, all of their ads, and all of their ads fast in terms of getting better signals quickly to understand how they're performing. 
And so I think we're opening up for the very first time greater insights to advertisers that they've never truly been able to understand before. So we're no longer talking about program or household ratings anymore. We're talking about true ad performance, you know, the share of voice. And with this 48-hour cross-platform ad impression delivery verification, now we can start to truly partner with our advertisers, as Travis was mentioning, to solve some of their most pressing pain points, whether that's excess frequency or driving more valued reach. You know, in our recent test and learn, one of our key takeaways that most advertisers are below the weight of impressions um, they need to create the best quality efficient reach. Today, many advertisers at, are at 9% impression weight on OTT when they should be closer to a 30 to 40% impression weight. Which I think surprised people, right? Because, oh, there, there's, there's um, I see the same ads all the time. There must be, these brands must be overdoing it, but it's, it, that's not actually what's happening. It's not what's happening. I think now we have the insights that we need so we can better deliver in-flight, optimize in-flight, and get to the right consumers with the right frequency. You know, we have a massive frequency problem, and the frequency problem is driven by broken, disconnected measurement. So let's get that right first, because what we're doing today is no longer working to help our advertisers maximize those things that we can do a better job of, which is we need better signals, better data, so that we can ensure that we create that right opportunity that will lead to driving a better impact, whether we guarantee on that or not. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Travis and Kelly in a moment. I'm here with OpenAP CMO Brittany Slattery. Brittany, both Travis and Kelly have talked about the urgency right now facing marketers amidst all the measurement changes. Can you talk about why that is? We're at an inflection point, Mike, and it's a generational moment for the TV industry. People expect more from brands and that trickles down to the way they consume content and where and how consumers view and engage with ads. We've all been to industry events where we get on stage and give lip service to what the future will look like. Well, OpenAP is bullish that it's no longer a pipe dream. The innovation we're talking about is here. Real incremental change is happening now, and that's why conversations we started in Cannes and are having now on this podcast have never been more urgent or more pressing. Advertisers need to understand not just how many people were reached, but who specifically they are reaching. And as we're about to hear in a moment from Kelly and Travis, by coming together through OpenAP and collaborating on cross-publisher and cross-platform solutions like XPM, we are meeting those demands at scale. Legacy models are no longer serving us. The future is here, Mike, and those who don't move now are going to get left behind. All right, well, exciting stuff, Brittany. Thank you. Now back to uh, Travis and Kelly. One thing I want to ask you both about, and maybe we can start with you, Travis, but I love you both to weigh in, is this is this idea when we're at, again, we're in we're at Canada, the OpenAP event, and there was a lot of enthusiasm about a centralized way of defining audiences and, and making it easier to buy uh, advanced TV advertising at scale with everybody working together with a common platform, same clean room even, which it sounded great. And then, but then also everybody, everybody's doing their own partnerships and their own clean room, clean room solutions. How do, how do you guys explain that to the market? Why open AP, open AP matters. And this makes sense versus the individual solutions you guys are offering. Travis, let's maybe start with you. Yeah. I mean, consistency is important, right? And when we look at when we look at how a buy is performing, especially across publishers, we need advertisers need a consistent view that if you're looking at Paramount, you're looking at NBC, you're looking at, you know, Warner Discovery, how did that media perform and how can we judge that against a consistent rubric? 
This is the origination of OpenAP. The first thing is, can we all at least agree to target against the same target, right? Which, which seems kind of bananas, but it used to be that if you wanted to target folks that were in the market to buy um, new, you know, a, a ticket to a cruise, you would go through and you would have some data applied and every publisher would apply it a little bit differently. And then when you got to the back end, the, the measurement piece, it was, it was very siloed and very windowed. Um, I think we're running a huge risk of, of moving back into the siloed nature today. Um, what do I mean by that? I mean, as we see a lot of the individual clean room approaches coming, coming to bear, it's very nascent, right? This is a very new thing for the industry. And I, and I don't necessarily think that we've thought about the application of this type of technologies and in industries. We're still in the mode where we're thinking about it in our individual companies. Um, but if I'm a buyer, right, and I come through and I do a direct clean mitigation integration with every partner, they're going to have different identity resolution solutions in the middle. They're going to have different first party data that I can apply all these other pieces. And all of a sudden I'm back into the world where I have to evaluate every publisher differently. Um, and then ultimately I think that really harms the ability to then take this all the way through and measure, measure the effectiveness of ad campaigns because your very starting set of information is different publisher by publisher. So how can you compare effectiveness rates between publishers where the the ultimate measurement is different, right? Uh, to Kelly's point, right, that, that's a that's a counting problem, and then everything that comes after that is is a challenge. Um, and look to clarify sort of my earlier comments, uh, I don't think that we should not be trying to make make the measurement world better, right? Um, when it comes to new metrics, attention, things like that. Um, I'm, I mostly think that we need to understand how the ecosystem works as well as we possibly can. And then as we think about the transactional nature of the guarantees, align that to the pieces that are actually under the control of the people that are inking those guarantees, right? This is the reason that, that outcome-based guarantees feel tough, feel like, feel like a tough future for me. In order to have that kind of understanding, we actually need consistent picture of data across the, the ecosystem or else now you've in introduced confounding variables, right? Like, well, okay, I'm looking at a campaign that ran across broadcasting cable at Paramount and at NBC, and they have different conversion rates. And I don't know if it's because the content is different. I don't know if it's because uh, their their underlying data products work differently. Right. The, the tools have a different methodology. The, yeah. the audience is different, whatever. A lot of, a lot of things can could, mess that up. Could be different. And I can't even start to really understand that because at the, at the very out of the gates, I'm getting a different set of information back from each one of them because they have these siloed solutions. Um, that's why I think that OpenAP is, is super exciting with their upcoming data hub. I think they've made amazing strides with the OpenID. I think XPM and the OpenID offering a consistent definition of identity across the TV universe is critical uh, in order to drive consistency across measurement. And the data hub is a natural extension of that, right? But making a singular identity framework available to, to all publishers for measurement by allowing advertisers, by allowing agencies to plug into a singular place and truly get that cross-publisher, cross-platform view where all of a sudden when you're looking at Warner Discovery, Paramount, you know, whoever, NBC, and you start to see differences in campaign effectiveness, you know it's, it's real, right? Because you have the same set of information feeding into there. And that's when you can start to take it to the next level of understanding, well, why are these differences occurring? And once you have that knowledge, then you can take it to the next level to understand, well, how can I strategically plan my media campaign to maximize the results 
given that I now have a, a much better understanding of what drives results. Kelly, what about your point of view in this? The, this idea that everybody everybody wants to have their own special thing that kind of you know that they, they bring to market that makes them just you know attractive to brands and the one you want to partner with, but also this desire for centralization. How do you resolve those two things? Look, I think advertisers and, and agencies are asking us also for flexibility in the best way that they want to bring their own data to the table. You know, we, we invested pretty early on in data clean rooms, and mainly this was because we saw a uh, real need that our clients were asking around, how can you enable data interoperability with our buy-side platforms, you know, to facilitate all kinds of scaled measurement while keeping in mind privacy compliant, compliant treatment of the consumer data itself. So for us, it's about, you know, creating those trusted partnerships with the advertisers and the agencies so they can pull forward their first party data more easily and with less you know, friction um, and quite honestly, a lot less cost. Um, there's a lot of tolls that are happening and, and a lot of slowdowns that occur um, given you know, all of the gatekeepers when you start moving data around. And so we think you know, this kind of infrastructure of the future is really key to invest in because it's it will help us to drive some level of standardization across us if we get it right. I think that's a lot of what OpenAP is looking to do with, you know, the clean room announcement that they made, how they can better, you know, interoperate across all of us as publishers and sell side with the buy side. And, you know, having that unified data set, as, as Travis spoke about, to really fuel these buy and sell side analyses is key. But a shared understanding, more importantly, of how those results are calculated and ultimately how attribution results are used to feel these important investment decisions. You know, we're really pushing on our partners to ensure that we establish transparency through improved and scaled measurement that we get visibility back into the results. Because not just for our own media, but really in context with an aggregated benchmark. Because it's the transparency and trusted relationships like this that will help facilitate an evolution and growth for our entire industry. In the end, the consumer is the one who wins because they're going to get a much better ad experience out of this. You know, us not sharing data and being transparent and then getting visibility back into the results. If, if we don't work together, um, you know, we're not helping the end consumer, which we're all trying to have an effect against. And so, you know, I think this is a great way for our partners, especially as cookies and third-party identifiers fade away, that we can build more impactful and, and engaging relationships and help them better understand their customer base. Speaking of working together, I want to close on this one, and I'll ask both of you again. The, there was a surprising amount of talk at, at the CAN event we keep referencing about the, the buy side might need to get exact together and kind of... <laughs> partner either on their own kind of version of OpenAP or play or building something within within OpenAP or I don't know if that means a common identifier or a common platform something but what, what did you think of that Travis that talk what would you like to see conceptually I think it's awesome uh, OpenAP has been amazing to the TV industry the things that they're doing right now I think are really going to help drive this forward and it, and it makes sense that looking at that model and how it's driving for kind of the publisher side, creating a similar model on the buy side to really identify like where are the areas that we compete, where are the areas that we don't, and in, in the areas that we don't, let's not inject noise into the ecosystem, let's not make this harder than we have to. Um, you know, I think the key thing that Kelly just said is like, we have to do it right, right? 
Uh, and these, these sort of collaborative bodies help get it right on a lot of things that, A, I think we've probably taken for granted for a long time. Um, but B, it helps us get us right in, in the notion of some of this stuff is just infrastructure, right? Um, ID resolution, I'm going to go back to, it's, it's, in, it's, it's one of those things that I think we all just kind of take it for granted. We all just assume it's working. It's different from every publisher, from every partner that provides it. And it's infrastructure, it's measurement infrastructure, right? It's, it's requisite into being able to activate, execute and, and, and measure, measure a plan. That's like one good example of something that's like, this works better in a centralized body. Um, from the buy side, there's a bevy of those types of things. And every time we have some big conference, right? I think a lot of folks come together and they go, you know, I sure wish we could just get on the same page about X, Y, Z. And everybody's like, you're right. Like, this isn't like a competitive edge for me. And it's actually a hindrance, not only for me, but for you and for the entire industry that we're doing this all very differently. Can we please get on the same page? Um, and, you know, a centralized body is a good forcing function for that. OpenAP has been a great, a great forcing function for the publisher side, advanced advertising industry to really become more and more consistent. Um, at the very beginning, right, it was the pro the promise of you can get a consistent audience and a consistent post across all publishers on their linear plan. It's evolved now into consistent identity, consistent all of these other things. But like it just takes that little spark to kind of make everyone realize, wow, this is this is really important. Uh, I hope that the buy side right comes together and and creates a similar a similar structure and finds that first thing. It's because it's always you know zero to one is always the hardest step. What what is the first thing that if we're going to really be honest and say like, where do we wish if we could just collaborate on this one thing, it'll increase results for everyone across the board, including advertisers. And from there, you know, evolve it. Kelly, what about you? You, you banking on the, all the big media agencies working together in some fashion? What do you want to say? Look, I think, you know, Travis and I are out there talking about the fact that we are not looking to compete on measurement. We're looking to collaborate on measurement. And so, you know, we want to bring forward a premium video marketplace that can help us all accelerate a world that is rapidly changing. Our consumers are changing and one that is moving, you know, faster than what any given one measurement company can keep up with. And so, you know, I think we definitely need, as Doug said, radical collaboration, I think will help to accelerate innovation on the buy side. And I think if they come together as a unified voice and, you know, really push on some of the infrastructure and, and the, and the companies that they're really relying on, whether that's MediaOcean or, or other buying platforms that they use in which to help steward the workflow process, you know, really coming forward with that one voice to articulate standards and requirements and, Bring those forward to these important partners and, you know, really push on them to accelerate innovation, to really bring on these multiple currencies. Um, you know, there really is, you know, no reason why today we don't have the infrastructure and systems that can embrace more than one data set in which to help this industry transact and bring forward better data signals um, that can help us all make better decisions, you know. Bad data means bad deals for both buyers and sellers. And I think we're, we're really at that pivotal moment where we're moving away from panel-based measurement black boxes and embracing ID-based, transparent, interoperable measurement currencies. And we need 
everyone to kind of lean in so that we can truly unlock the value of understanding how to create that ideal experience for consumers. And, you know, my hope for the industry is that in 2024, we're going to be at 100% new currencies. And as Travis said earlier, you know, everything is going to have to change. There's not anything that is going to be left behind in which to kind of roll forward from one up front to the next. And so I think, you know, streamlining the measurement, uh, collaborating across, looking at ways that we can work together um, is going to be great for the consumer, for the advertiser, and for all of us. Well, there's no better example of radical collaboration than this podcast. Um, I think we've, we've, we've shown the world that it can be done. So th- I want to thank you both for taking the time out. We could talk about this all day, but we probably should not. But Travis Kelly, thanks so much. And let, let's talk again. All right. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. A big thanks to my guest this week, Kelly Abkarian of NBCU and Travis Scholes of Paramount, and of course, my partners at OpenAP. If you like this week's episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing.